welcome to Becoming an Artist, Creative Secrets Revealed. And today I'm going to be chatting to the fabulous Michelle Payne, who is a textile and surface designer. And we're going to be chatting about all sorts of things, including the 90s, grunge, following your intuition, blagging it, old Irish pubs in Brighton, where I live, um, dungarees, and how to make contacts in the textile industry, how to freelance. We're going to be talking about creating an amazing portfolio. And we're also going to be chatting about indigo printing, which Michelle made a slight mistake on when describing, but we've got a link to the proper process in the resources. Um, and speaking of resources, you can go and grab all of the links that Michelle has given out. And also this lovely uh, diagram, which I've created from our chat, which is becoming a textiles and surface designer at exact steps. So you can go and grab those um, at becominganartist.co.uk. So I hope you enjoy our chat and um, enjoy the episode. See you soon. So I'm honoured to have Michelle Payne here, who's who on her website, she says she's been creating surface patterns placements and characters professionally for over 25 years bloody hell it's true ages <laughs> a very very long time and you've collaborated um, with I... lots of different people as well haven't you pigeon organics turtle doves lily and sid hebu home yes. and lucy and yak my personal favorite I love yes them. i was very lucky to work with them yeah I've had fantastic a few collaborations over the years they're just the so... more recent ones really Okay, yes. cool. So what's the weirdest thing you've had your stuff printed on? Because you do all sorts of Ooh, things, don't you? That's a good <laughs> question. I, the weirdest thing... Um, oh, I don't know what the weirdest thing is. I mean, I've had it... I suppose I've had it on potty. I mean, I've had it on all sorts of <laughs> strange toys. Oh, that's cool. And things cool. for nurseries. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had that's it on... Pretty weird. And door that's pretty weird. doorstops. Doorstops, yeah, like that. cool. they're pretty weird. <laughs> I don't know, weird-wise, what else I've had it on. What's your most common thing? Is it is it fabric? It's clothing, yeah. It's clothing. Clothes. That's the main one. And and Fantastic. before that, it was women's wear. So yeah, it's it's clothing, textiles. So you've moved. Do you think do you, you've now. moved from women's wear to to kind of more kids kids stuff? Do you think? Yeah, it, I did. Main... No, I... that's my thing. main focus now. I I decided to specialise in. I'm going to get confused with the years. Um, so that was in 2004, around then, I decided to specialise in kids where when I went back to designing, I had like a two years of being a journalist. And in Fantastic. that time, um, again, for textiles, it was a textile magazine. And in that time, I didn't really design because I didn't have time, but I did sort of art direct and stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah, so when I went back to work and I was in my 30, I think I was 33 or 30, well, I would have been 34 in 2004, if it was that year, I think it's around yeah. then. Um, <laughs> um, I thought I didn't want to go back to women's wear because I felt like I was a bit bored with it because right. I'd done that before and I for, a long, for quite a while. And I thought, no, I really want to specialise in something else. And I found a studio that needed someone in Shoreditch and I went and worked okay. for them. And it took a while because it was a very, it's a very different thing to design for yeah. kids wear. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a learning curve to go back to designing after two years away as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. What was the, what was the reason for your move to journalism for a bit? Um, 
that was um it's hard to remember now i think well <laughs> there are a couple of factors i wanted well i was sent it's weird i was sent the advert for the job in yeah. it was before the internet so i was sent the advert for the job in the post by my best friend he was living in, in the post wow in the post <laughs> She cut it out of a newspaper and stuck it to her letter wow. and said, this sounds like you. That's amazing. Um, I think it was I from Draper's that. record. I know, I loved it. And I and I thought, oh, it does actually sound quite like me. Um, and at the time I was seeing my now, I just met Mark, who I'm with oh, wow. now. And he was living okay. in London and my best friend was in London. And I sort of thought, oh, well, maybe I should try that because I wasn't really having... I'd, so it was, a, it was more... I should say from the start, most of my career is very much based on my emotional feelings about things. I'm very, <laughs> yeah, I follow my feelings a lot. And that's the great. combination of getting that in the post and it really resonating with me. And yeah. um, So it's an intuitive sort of feeling. Of that you it had, was an intuitive yeah. feeling. But yeah. also I had always, which I don't think my best friend knew this, but when I was a child, I always wanted to be a writer or a journalist. Did you? So... Wow. It was a very, when I was 15 and making my choices about college, it was between those two things. So for me, it was like, oh, maybe I can do that. I'm going to try it. And I did try it and I got the job. So it was, (laughs) it was all good. That's so cool. And did you have experience or were you just like, I'm just going to blag it kind of thing? Yeah, I blagged it. I think. (laughs) I love that. um, I blagged it, but I did have, so what I did have was having lived I lived abroad and I spoke French and Italian Ah, and I speak so it was very handy because a big part of the job was traveling to trade fairs and interviewing people fantastic and so they felt I probably I think they felt that um well it was a very small magazine set up and the guy who interviewed me um Stephen he was lovely guy um yeah and he well he was an unusual guy, but he, um, I think he enjoyed having people work for him who didn't have experience. And we did need to be more textile knowledgeable than we did journalists because he was a journalist. Right. So he did the editing and he didn't worry oh, yeah. too much about the writing. It was more of a visual and a, a, a knowledge of fabric and how it works. It was about weaving as well and stuff like that. Right. So, Fantastic. yeah. So it sounds great. <laughs> it was. I mean... Yeah, it was amazing. I got to travel so much to the point now that I don't really need to travel anymore. You've done it all. You've ticked it all off. (laughs) I did go over quite a few places. I mean, obviously, I went back and forth to the same places quite a lot as well, but um, because trade fairs go round and round, it was a six monthly thing. But yeah, I got to do some unusual things. I got, yeah, I got to do some unusual things then, but I didn't put my (laughs) designs on (laughs) <laughs> and what kind of unusual things have you <laughs> um, well no i was i was sent to taiwan to be a judge of a fashion show and i was what? only there three days and then i came back and had to go to florence and actually yeah there were other things it was just we it <laughs> was a very fair. unusual place to work and the guy who ran it there were unusual situations we were in <clears throat> where we be sent to embassies i went to the swedish embassy for some party because no one else could go so i went and oh no for me it was unusual it was for me it was all unusual I'm you know I'm a what I would consider I was a working class kid and and then to be thrown into these fairly um, yeah big scale parties yeah in Florence going to 
fancy fancy things. things like, yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, I was winging that as well, so it was all <laughs> it was all very amusing at the time. Um, I love that. I love yes. that you flagged all these things and got and because I think that's kind of part of being an artist, isn't it? We kind of have to I think so. say, say yes and then figure out yes. how to do it afterwards. I think so, <laughs> and, and I definitely had the imposter syndrome thing. I definitely had that in that job possibly yeah. more than I've ever had anywhere else wow. um and the few weeks in I thought I was going to leave because I yeah. couldn't get my head around it but yeah. again it is that thing you have to it's that challenge that you give yourself you absolutely. need it sometimes and Push you can it. overcome it yeah absolutely and everyone it, said to me fake it and, and I did <laughs> and, it, and it carried on I faked Brilliant. it in my own way because I'm not um I can't really pretend all the time, you know, I'm yeah. being something so what, else. What was your own way? What was your kind of way of doing it, do you think? I just, um, I, I just, asked did you questions. Right. And, you know, that's always key, I think. If you're not yeah. sure, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. I just Absolutely. asked and I chatted to Stephen, who was an incredibly posh older man. I mean, he was in his late 60s then and, you know, incredibly wealthy the people that run it were incredibly wealthy as well um it was the building was just amazing where we worked in um holborn um bloomsbury square sort of area and it was just you know but i just didn't i tried to i tried to overcome my fears and relax and just be me and i was just me and if i didn't understand it i asked and if he wouldn't tell me i'd ask someone else (laughs) that's it yeah again you've kind of your people in there and there are other people also like me so it's fine yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) making friends and kind of like making making those connections is so important isn't it yes and that is the key to the whole thing i think to have those connections to be yourself in them and and just be with but get to know people and then and see where that goes and what that yeah and try things again you know if you don't if something doesn't work out then maybe there's something else don't you know or maybe that will lead to something else you never know your path kind of can go like that yeah so Um, yeah so after this so you Mm. were a journalist for a bit so then you went back to to doing design and illustration and and pattern design and things like that so how did you so you made that move by finding a job, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I found a place in a studio, a design fantastic. studio. Yeah. But how did you start all of this originally? Was it kind of from uni? You went? Did you do art at uni? Or did you I did. Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did. Um, at the beginning, I didn't do A levels. I did a prelim course to work out what sort of art I wanted to do. They oh, the art foundation led, thing is that like is that a foundation thing? it was okay. more because it was younger it was when you come out of school so I was 16 and right, I didn't okay. want to stay in school and I didn't yeah. know what a levels I wanted to do and I heard about oh, yeah. this course locally that sounds cool um, in Worthing. <laughs> it was really cool um it's one of the best things I could have done really because you get yeah. to try woodwork um yeah. ceramics photography but in a very relaxed way I mean it was so fine arty we were doing again unusual things but really good things to try at that age because it just opens up your mind to things yeah um, absolutely. and and the tutors were really you know good at giving you feedback and helping yeah. you um and they pushed me towards doing 
textiles BTEC that I did after that, which was two years. And then um, I wanted to do a degree in textiles. But I wanted to do embroidery, but I didn't have enough embroidery in my portfolio, I now realise. But again, following my gut, I still applied, but I didn't get in anywhere. So I took a year out and I did embroidery in a factory in Littlehampton (laughs) instead. Fantastic. (laughs) Which is a bit (laughs) weird. But um, I love it. Cool. I didn't give up and I carried on doing life drawing and I carried yeah. on it while I was working full time and then I applied again and I got into York on an HND fashion course. Right. Um because at that time when I was nineteen I was incredibly self conscious and I it wasn't I think it was also my work was possibly lacking as well. But I know yeah. for a fact that in my interviews I shut down so I couldn't respond no. I was too That's so hard poor. isn't it because if you've got that anxiety and you shut down and and you know as we were just saying about kind of making those connections and making friends yeah. and that's how you kind of get move forward through <laughs> through doing yes. through this life and get a kind of yeah take these chances and if you if you're shutting yeah. down it's it's so hard and yeah I think I think I think so and I think when something that. I think so and when something's so important to you I mean, it yes. was so important. And you to me build it then. up inside you. And it you're was like, such Ugh. a huge thing. I needed to leave where I lived. I needed to yeah. get out and I needed to do it. And I couldn't. The pressure of doing it was so huge that I couldn't speak. And again, oh, it's, it's possibly the work as well. But it is true that if you can talk about your work and talk about you to others and yeah. give your own, you know, you, like I'm doing now, it yeah. makes so much difference to who how people relate to you and what they see and I couldn't do that and obviously it's not just that people are looking having been the other side of that in some ways since then people are looking for in work and in college people want to see that you have the confidence in yourself that they won't be there having to support you all through it because that's a struggle then that they can't take on that's your personality not not your work so um it was unfortunate that I was in that position but lucky that I got a place in York on an H&D course yeah um which again I felt wasn't right for me and I tried to, so I again I'm very stubborn even though I'm <laughs> self-conscious very stubborn and I tried again <laughs> three months later I applied for transfer and I and I got into Brighton University to do fashion and textiles which is where I Fantastic. needed to be <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's, that was the right place for me. That's great. You had that sense yeah. that you you could do that, and you and you kind of pushed pushed for that. That's that's mm. amazing because I think a lot of people when they're that young, I think a lot of my friends have did degrees that they weren't maybe totally enamoured with, but they just yeah. thought, oh, I need a degree. I'm just gonna carry on with this one, and then I've got a degree, and then I can go and get a job, kind of thing. Mm. But it sounds a bit more like you really knew really had this intuitive feeling of what you needed to do and kind of a bit how you needed to get there which is really amazing at at such a young age really yeah I don't know I mean I didn't have a lot of support my family weren't supporting me so it was all down to me and I think um not in a no they weren't not I mean they certainly weren't financially supporting me yeah um, because they couldn't they didn't have the money to support me through that yeah and but my mum didn't want me to go to art college so although she wasn't actively against it well no she was actively against it. <laughs> I think a she lot of parents seen, are aren't they <laughs> yes, 
that she had seen by then <laughs> initially she was really against it by then sort of three or four years down the line she'd seen that i wasn't going to give up and that i definitely yeah. was trying but just um, get behind so it mum. You go- <laughs> yeah you've got to go with it and i think in that i'd worked it out because i had to work it out for myself i didn't yeah. really have a sort of older person giving me if i only had my friends supporting me and helping me yeah um and I kind of always think that if you don't try, you don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so that's that it, is it? always how I approach things. If, I, if I'm comfortable with what I'm thinking of trying, and again, if I'm not comfortable with it, then I won't try it. <laughs> so yeah. even if it might seem like the right thing to do, I'm not going to try that. But if it's something that I really think, right, this makes sense, then, yeah. yeah. You will push it Again, it can go further. wrong. It could have yeah. been awful. I could have hated Brighton and then it would have been <laughs> How would you really tough. Brighton, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I knew, but again, I think also I realised all the places I'd applied for before and that time, the second time I applied, um, were all in the north and in Scotland because I wanted to get as far away from Littlehampton as possible. But in going to York, <laughs> in going to York, I realised that actually that wasn't right for me either. So it was, I I knew Brighton, I had friends in Brighton and I knew that actually, so those three months in being in York, which I did love and made friends, but I felt like, no, actually I learned something quite quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's a bit off there. Yeah. 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 And I knew I loved Brighton. So I was like, yeah, yeah. But as far as the place was concerned, it would be good. And the course was amazing. So. Fantastic. So you had a great time there and then you kind of. Yes. I guess you made, um, I guess you, did you get a job straight out after uni or I, what happened then? Well, um, so it's an interesting course there because it's, I don't think they do it now. I don't, I haven't looked, I should have looked maybe uh, before we spoke, <laughs> but there used to be a four, it was a four year course and you have right. a year work experience. Ah, that's so amazing. you go out into the industry and um, I did work experience in Hungary in Lyon and in London and this London amazing. it was amazing and I absolutely loved it um and I wanted to travel so badly and it was such a good way for me to do it it was just incredible um and was so that subsidized by the uni that. or was it kind of you had to it was, fund all that no it was all sub um, I mean I had yeah no I think it was actually all f- subsidized thinking about it Leon, it was paid by the company that I worked for. Right. Um, and then the rest was subsidised, like the f- travel and my f- rent. That's so cool. But the Hungary was part of, I think it was part of either Tempus or Erasmus, so it, that doesn't exist anymore, sadly, because of Brexit. But um, oh. it's an exchange programme, and I was a student at the university in Budapest. And then people came back. I was with a couple, someone else as well, and there was a Finnish... Uh, lady and someone else we were all doing the swap so the people oh, right. came back to our university so that was and more then... of a study thing yeah right um and then uh, to do it and yeah i studied indigo printing and then um indigo. yeah and What's that's indigo is that, is that a specialist thing is that it is and it's a traditional yeah. folk art of that that hungary has a lot of and i went to okay. stay with family and 
that did wow. it on their farm and it was just incredible that sounds and cool. I, it, that's... I wrote my thesis it, I had to write my thesis on it which I was a bit annoyed about because that wasn't what I wanted to write my thesis on oh. but in the end in the end I could because I didn't realize quite that was the case when I agreed to go but in the end I was like no it, it is fascinating and I did really yeah. enjoy writing about it and I had so much material because obviously yeah. I had a personal experience yeah. of it but yeah block printing and um indigo dyeing and yeah wow. it was incredible and it's such an old craft but, is it um, yeah yeah so it's all i don't, blocks, I don't know anything wax. about it no it's all so fabric so it's all, they they um use wax to block print the patterns and then right. they indigo dye it it's all natural dyes and okay yeah, and vast vats of things um fantastic yeah it's fantastic stuff and the patterns have some have meaning some don't and yeah it's it's, it's just beautiful um oh. but yeah so doing those jobs i then had contacts the job i did in london offered me a job when i left a year later right. offered me work but i didn't want fantastic. to go to london it oh. was fantastic but i didn't want to go to <laughs> I was london like, Yay! <laughs> Yay! Oh. No, so I, what, I was, the, what was the reason what was the reason you didn't want to go to um, london then I I've never really liked huge cities. I yeah. was never intrigued by London that much. Yeah. I, I like going there, but I didn't yeah, really to want to visit, there. but not really. Yeah, it's a very big live. place, isn't it? It's very I kind of every single part of it is is quite different, but the main kind of feeling I get when I go there is just this overwhelm and just too much and too busy yeah. and too loud and yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Have you lived there? Have you, I, I haven't. My no. mum used to work there, and whenever I used to go to see her at mm. work, it just I just used to be like, "Why? Why are you here?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I such... never had, I never had the feeling the no. impetus to want to go and move there either. I have exactly the same experience yeah, as you. I, I didn't want to. Working there, I felt overwhelmed by it because obviously I did yeah. a three month placement with this company. Um, I also hadn't made a good connection with the people who ran the company. It felt it didn't I mean having worked in Lyon with a lovely studio I where I got on really well with everyone it felt a little yeah. bit less you know friendly. if the whole experience wasn't friendly for me so you know living uh, in London wouldn't have been easy and doing that yeah. so I sort of I possibly foolishly said no um right. and carried on working in the bar I was working <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> um brilliant which bar which was I that can, is it still I there was say, yeah, I think it is it was it's the Irish pub off of um it's around the back from I live West on Street. Not Western. No, it's one, a small one. Off, what's it called? Oh, there's a bugle. It's not in, in there. It's the bugle, bugle in. in. It's the bugle. Uh, it's still in. there. Still there. It's still there. Oh yeah. wow. It's lovely in there. I mean I just think probably, I've ever been. I'm not sure if well, I've ever been to that. Pub. off the road and it really was a sort of local pub then. <laughs> yeah. I mean that was the ninth that was like ninety four by then. We're in that yeah. time zone. Mid kind of Nirvana and that kind of grunge oh, I was, type Yeah, stuff. well, I was very into Nirvana, so I'd already got over Nirvana by that point. Oh, right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, saw them, I saw them when they first came. I was, really, I was really into that sort of thing. So, yes. Yeah. It was full yeah. And in fact, type yeah, time. my whole DMs. Fashion, <laughs> I was in my DMs and my dungarees for most of my degree. Because I'd either be so? in a suit. Because <laughs> I was always wearing men's suits and men's waistcoats. Amazing. And, and yeah, I was very. I do remember the waistcoats in the 90s. Everyone, like, a lot of those, waistcoats. You know, those kind of fun, those pattern sort of 
You know those patterns sort of like look like um, old carpet kind of. Yes, there was that. Do you know what I mean? And and they had black at the back. Yeah, I was in the men's suit, so I'd buy charity, because I couldn't afford clothes, so I'd buy charity shop clothing, and <laughs> yeah. um, so I was Great. doing that when I started in the ni- 1991, because yeah. I'd already seen, I saw Nirvana in 89 or 9, so I was, wow. all, I was really into Sonic Youth and all of that music, um, and really into going to gigs, which is the <laughs> other reason why I love Brighton and didn't want to, because I loved Absolutely, it's there. a great place. Um, so yeah, I was already looking very grungy when I turned up and by the time I left because it had become fashion everyone was doing it but they'd all spent like hundreds of pounds on this and you were like what are you like, doing why are you wearing I'm those just going to the charity shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just going Brilliant. to the charity shop <laughs> yeah. I was always in dungarees I have the same dungarees now that I still like to print in that I kept that I got in in Hungary actually well, no, I've got a pair in Brighton. So you've, and still, then I... you've still got them? You've still got the ones I've still got them because they have so... Because I love them to bits. And they still wow. fit me and I wear them. But they were old That's ones. Fantastic. And I, I took them to Hungary and I had them re-dyed there in the indigo vat. <laughs> when I was on the farm. Brilliant. That's so they're brilliant. a bit bluer. <laughs> but they're covered That's in printing ink. Have, you'll have to show yeah. them to me sometime. Yes, I'll wear them. <laughs> oh, no, I won't. I don't wear them out anymore. But I used to wear them everywhere. I used to yeah. wear everything. All the, just because I also when you're printing all the time, you can't really dress up. It's pointless. Yeah, so you just get me- make just a mess all over you. Oh, yeah. it's a mess. It's, it's just a mess. Yeah, a bit like so, the studio is now. But yeah, <laughs> no, studio is fine. Uh, so after you, so after you, so you're working in this pub. Yeah. And how long were you there then, for? And what happened? I was there probably. It's hard to remember exactly, but I think I was probably there about three months. Um, and then my friend Zoe came in, who'd done the course with me, and she came for a drink, and she said. I've got this idea. I've been approached by this company. She'd done a trade. She's a weaver. And she'd right. done a trade fair in Germany as part of an award she'd won through the university. Um, okay. So we graduated together. And um, and her, while she was doing that, she was approached by an Italian company to go over right. there and weave for them for an internship for a few months. Wow. Paid internship. Fantastic. Um, but she, a paid it internship. Was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, really fantastic. Well, paid as in they provide you. It wasn't paid. Paid. It was you provided with everything you needed right. within reason. You weren't given a like, so accommodation were, or accommodation, or, food, yeah? and some spending money. So it wasn't fantastic. A thing. Um, it was fantastic. And the lucky thing was that was that she needed to bring again. It's about friendship. She needed to take a printer with her as someone who specialised in print. Nice. And she wanted me to go with her. <laughs> because you were mates and it would have been Because laugh. we were mates and it was going to be a laugh. And so I said, Brilliant. yes, I'm coming with you in the pub. Because <laughs> I was behind the bar. Oh, right. I thought, yeah, okay, I'll come. When Love are we this. leaving? Yeah. And we left a month later. But we didn't know. So we didn't know how long it was going to be. We thought it was three months. But it was extended six months when we got there. Wow. So I, I came back at Christmas. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, and, and basically moved everything over to Italy gradually. Um, yeah. And it was amazing. The companies were Zeno. You know, they're still around, but they don't have a print department anymore, unfortunately, because right. um, at that point, industry was still quite focused in Europe, as in creation, but then it moved to China, so... Right. the competition factor got in the way of them staying as, 
as a printing company, but they're a very high-end weave company. So their woven right. fabrics are still used by Prada and everyone, like all the big names. Um, wow. And at the time, and what were you started. doing there? So you were doing like print. You were you were you creating new things for them, or you were you, yeah. like you were experimenting basically. I was. Ex- it was amazing. They basically. So there were two factors that went on. There was me. It turned out there was someone else they'd approached as well from Scotland called Jan, who was lovely, and she was yeah. another weaver. So her and Zoe were in the weave department in another building in another village. I was in a, the print department, which was a huge print factory. Just me and all these printing men. <laughs> and it was it was fine. They were so lovely. And um, and I got given a big printing table and any fabric, because obviously it's a fabric company, so I could have any of the fabrics I wanted and I yeah. could paint on that. They didn't have a anywhere artistic any studio or anything for me to work in so I had to do it there um but basically the guy who ran it was very very part of it so he wasn't sort of removed from it and he'd visit and he loved paints he was he was really into art and he really loved seeing he he watched me paint and he he wanted me to just paint anything and they tried it and turn them into patterns and so really a lot so you're just painting direct so you're painting, I'm painting directly, directly onto swatches of fabric. Onto, so onto the print table. Yeah, I'm just wow. messing around with with um, experimenting with the divorce. And that's what and you did. The, the regi- yeah. So I just did pieces <laughs> like that and then turned them into patterns Brilliant. and they turned so them cool. into things. But that isn't all I did. So when yeah. I was there, because the woman I was working with was pregnant, Chinzia, um, she was so lovely to me. And so there was one woman. It's me and her in the factory. Um, yeah. Other than the weaving people who were in the other bit, they were mainly women, but the print department was mainly men. And it was me yeah. and her. And I helped, she spoke good English and I helped her with her job as well, which was all the production side of things. So the ordering of the lengths of of, of original fabrics they needed to print on yeah. if they weren't weaving them themselves and yeah. orders for the printing. So all of that. Um, and because... I was picking up Italian because I spoke French already and I was beginning to speak Italian also because I was on my own so much, whereas the other two weren't. (laughs) I had to chat and they were chatting to me. Um, So when she was leaving, I'd been there six months by then and we were all going to leave and she was about to go on maternity leave. She was the print manager, so they offered me her job (laughs) because they didn't have anyone else who understood the process. Fantastic. And they did yes. do it. I said yes, yes. And it was all under the... So again, it wasn't quite legal. That was the only thing. So that was... I right. wasn't fully... I don't know whether I should say it. Maybe cut it now. I don't think uh, they're going to come after you. They're not no. going to come after me. <laughs> I don't think I had to have a visa. It was just that they weren't doing it PAYE. So they weren't paying tax. So they were just giving you cash. Oh. Giving me cash. I got a lot of cash every year. Uh, it's very nice. I know. <laughs> I was enjoying that. And yeah, and I stayed. So I stayed there for a while. But um, how many? My, how unfortunately, my friends went home because they didn't have jobs Aww. for them, and I felt really bad. And um, but they did understand me. It wasn't. I stayed in that job for two. Uh, no, for a year and a half. Chinsia came back to her job, and they kept right. me a little bit. But um. They felt they couldn't... Ke- they gave me a day notice because they couldn't keep me on. That was a bit of a shocker. Um, yeah, that's uh, a bit harsh. Yeah, that was a bit harsh. But I <laughs> I, I managed due to my extreme survival skills. 
yeah. I mean, yeah. I stayed. I'm just, I'm just in awe of this, this whole story. Is <laughs> you can tell. Uh, me, am I going into too much? Because they don't have no, to tell this you. Is, all this is great. <laughs> no, this is great. It's I'm loving really it. About career, though, is it? It's not really about. Um, what well, it is. It's, it's about your journey, and I think people. It's a very romantic journey. <laughs> But I think everyone's is a bit, and I think it's really great for um, people to see kind of all of this, these kind of opportunities that you've kind of grabbed and just gone mm. along with, because that's that is so important to be able to do that. And you know, from from the person that you were as well, where you said mm. you were struggling in those in, in that in that interview to kind of talk, to going to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Being yeah, I don't manager. struggle with that though. That is my weird thing. I didn't have that struggle. It's strange. Right. I don't have a one-to-one struggle. I have it yeah. in that sense. Yeah. And also, I suppose it was given to. It wasn't based on any judgment. I and I think yeah. that was why Renato, my boss, because he didn't. He he met Jan and Zoe, and he picked them to go there. Yeah. I was an unknown, so he did want to come and see what I was doing. Obviously, because he was investing in someone he'd never met before, and I think. Yeah. If that hadn't gone well, yeah. that would have been awful. I wouldn't, obviously. Be but luckily, I mean, we got on and also, yeah, it, it worked out that he did like what I did. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's all luck, though, isn't it, really, a lot of the time? And... I don't think it is. I think it's you kind of, it's kind of part, obviously it's part luck, but you're kind of making these decisions. Mm-hmm. You said yes, yes to your mate. Yes. You made friends with your mate. You went to the uni to do that you change courses yeah. to go on that course you know there's all these little decisions that you're making that yes. kind of lead to these things as well so yeah I think it, and and also you were talking earlier about kind of this intuitive sense that you have which I think is really I think mm. a lot of us kind of we dismiss that quite often and we should be paying a bit more attention to it really yeah you kind of you know these things and then you take them up into your head and then you battle with them you're like oh no I don't want to do that I shouldn't do that yes. whereas you should just be like oh okay uh, this is how this is kind of a really strong feeling that I have that I should be doing this I'll just do it kind of thing it's going to be it I might be difficult do... but let's go ahead yeah well I do <laughs> give think it a go. that is that is what I've done it's really yeah. gone with my feelings more and yeah. again that might be because there was no one really I mean don't get me wrong my mum was in my life but there was no one really giving me full-on direction I wasn't yeah you know no one was saying to me at that point oh god you're, what are you doing I didn't have anyone sort of either negatively saying anything or positively saying anything. so yeah. I was just so it was kind of good in a way <laughs> to do yeah. what I felt was right yeah and financially I mean I wasn't I wasn't secure financially when I said no to yeah. the job in London. So again, that wasn't yeah. a great move, but it was the right move for me at the time. Absolutely, yeah. You probably um, you might have been really miserable in that job. I and felt that I might have, have been, put yeah. that might have put you off doing any kind what of I love. Um, yeah. art, arts, art, artistic things in the future. You know that yeah. could have stopped you dead, and that's mm. and that's yeah, so it's it's important in the way that you did say no. Yeah. So after and so I didn't have this, a plan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we so, don't yeah. for a bit, do we? <laughs> no. No. Exactly. And that's fine oh, too. Yes. Um, yes. So after this Italian uh, company said, right, one more day, off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you were like, I, ah. Ah. Well, by then I had moved over properly and I had a flat I shared oh, with my with another Chinsia, another friend of mine. Um, and I was a bit shocked and I was like, oh, yeah. right, I've got to find a job. So. Luckily, I knew people by then, and I was living in Turin, so I wasn't in the village where 
um, the factory was. Um, or I could, yeah. again, I, my instincts had said to me, don't live there. Because I was living yeah. in the factory at one point as well. But wow. although that was free, it was awful. I mean, it wasn't pleasant accommodation. No. Um, and I felt that, no, I needed to be where I could meet people and go out. I was going out quite a lot then. <laughs> it was like, no, even though it was a bus ride and a 6am start every day, I thought, no, I can do yeah. that. I'm going to yeah. do that. So by then I knew people in Turin and I just asked people straight. I always ask people and I forget myself that that's good advice yeah but when in doubt ask your friends ask, ask let them people. know you're in trouble <laughs> or let them know and luckily yeah. people said to me oh you know because I had friends in different doing different jobs not just designer friends um and they said oh there's a school looking for teachers go there and the next day I walked into a teaching job so what? I got a teaching job well because then <laughs> again the 90s were a different thing it's a different <laughs> so, time no, um, no uh, what's it called <laughs> what's it called uh, didn't the, need a qualification the, no you did the but... check the checks that they do the police check oh dbs oh no i didn't yes that's it no, didn't have to do that no 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 they said all oh, right but it wasn't children it was adults again it was slightly ah, okay but so that um, makes, yeah it was business it was business english and because i'd um got a low level in English and I was kind of all right I mean I was the, the thing was you just had to be, I didn't have to have any qualification I just had to be able to speak fluent English and I could do that so yeah yes and then from there I had some security and I started right. to look for work and look for design yeah. work and I weirdly freelanced for the company I'd been working for for a little bit as a designer no longer as their production manager but um yeah, yeah so I freelanced a little bit for them I found a few other freelance jobs. I did some odd um, murals in places and took whatever yeah. artistic work <laughs> I could find around teaching. Um, yeah. And But I taught for about a year. So I was teaching for about a year um, because okay. I didn't want to go home. I loved Italy and I loved being there and I, I wanted to stay. So I just stubbornly stayed and thought, yeah. I'll just keep trying. And I, I tried for a job a couple of companies and I applied when I first applied my Italian probably wasn't as good and I applied to somewhere called Mirolio which is a place outside Turin in Alba um, which is where it's just a tiny village but it's got very, a lot of factories there um, and I applied for it once and didn't get in and then um, a, a year later I applied again and I did get that job so that's when I got back into proper working, and they they're the at the time they were the biggest print and fabric production okay. factory <clears throat> in Europe. So they were a really yeah. good place to work, and that's why I kept trying. Again, I kept I did keep trying, and I thought that's yeah. where I've got to go because that's, <laughs> that's where I need to be. And I and got you did that it. job. So, yeah, Fantastic. I did do it. I did do it. Well done. So it was good, and I stayed and I stayed there for a little bit, and then. I mean, I was a colourist. So, again, it was a different job, too. So it wasn't quite the same. Um, so what's that? what does that involve, then? That involves... I don't know if it exists anymore. So I'm not sure. But what okay. it was, that as, as a printer, as, as a department, we were the print department, a design department, and we were part of choosing the designs for the season, so every six-month okay. season. And then we were the people that, once we bought the designs from studios, um, so I wasn't designing anything from scratch... Um, okay. We were then putting collections together 
and colouring them. So we were given huge books of colour samples on little fabric chips um, that came okay. from the print department that were all the colours they could provide and they were all numbered so they all knew. It's all like a system that worked. So you picked the colours on these chips and you put them together to make the prints work in various colourways. And then okay. they would swatch those and if they were approved, they then go forward to sell. So it's all very corporate, but it's, it, was a, it was still quite a good job. It sounds a bit boring, but it was quite a lot no, of fun. No, it sounds cool. Explore. So you get to pick the colours for the patterns and then yeah. someone says yes or no. Because usually a print pattern is like six to eight colours. Um, and yeah. if the floral work, you know, colour makes all the difference, really. If you get the yeah, balance yeah, right, it's, it's quite a nuanced thing. And if you get it all it right, It can take you right. forever as well to kind of get to figure it out. It can, out, but again, we didn't have forever. I mean, we were doing a lot in the day. We were doing a lot of things and going backwards and forwards yeah. to the print department um, to liaise with it. So unfortunately for me, one of those swatches was sent out I don't know if I'd approved it or not, but it was sent out with where where the print because they were printed on cylinders, but sometimes on screens for the swatches they were done on screens before they were put on cylinders, okay. and the print had offset, so the ground was showing, so there was white around the floral that that wasn't part of the colorway. Okay. Does that make sense? So when you put so, layers, it's a, sometimes right. there's a possibility that there's a shift, and then. The yeah. white of the the original fabric doesn't get covered in colour and shows through. Right. So you have okay. a white So there's a, little, there's a gap, basically, or yeah. something like that. It's yeah. like it's Got, gone... Yeah. So there's a gap. And, yeah. you know, no one thought to... So somehow it slipped through everyone's fingers. But I think there's the thing in this... So you, I, when I've been working, I've, I've found sometimes there's this kind of blame culture. And I think that's really mm. unhealthy. I think because we're all we should all be thinking of it like we're all working towards this goal. Yes. It doesn't matter if someone's made a mistake. It's just more like, how can we fix this? How can we yeah. make this better? How can this not happen next time rather than you did something wrong? But I think they found a solution with the client that worked for everyone. Um, and also, I think it made everyone be a bit more on their toes after that. Because everyone else was going to Premier Vision, which is in Paris, with all the collections. And again, I was one of the junior, although I wasn't that So what's, young, pre was... what's Premier Vision? Is it like oh, a show or something? That's the biggest textile trade fair okay. in Paris. Yes, so, I don't, so I don't know this of well, course, so sorry. you're going to have yes. to... Uh... Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, no, it still goes on. Uh... If anyone is wanting to know about textiles and doesn't know yeah. that, then go there and go around. Yeah. It's also really good for contacts. Chat to people and yeah. Chat to people. Okay. It's got so all the fabric creators go there, like factories go there to sell their fabrics, but there's also a huge area that's just design where the studios are, because right. all the fabric factories are there. They go and buy their designs while they're there. But also the you know, the studios are there. So if you're a designer looking for work, it could be a good place to meet people. So um, would you go would you kind of go you could go with your portfolio or something like that and you I think you could people. I think you, well it depends on how well you manage that but definitely is something I've done at other trade fairs where you go okay. you either can try and make an appointment beforehand yeah. or you can go with maybe a, a book portfolio and a little kind do. of thing or something like that yeah, yeah. and, a, and <clears> business <throat> cards and then you can approach people when they're quiet because obviously you don't want to disturb the business that's going on no you don't yeah in the design section, I think they're more, you can approach studios more. In yeah. the fa fabric area, um, so most of the 
stands they're huge some of them are huge like the one Merolios was just ginormous and they right. won't let people on unless they know who you are so you okay. won't get access that easily to that but you can still see the trends and you some of the smaller ones will chat to you and you yeah. can just chat to people in the bar i mean <laughs> i mean that's again that's you it. you've got people. to hang around the right areas and hang make friends right basically There's, that's yeah. it isn't it but it's i mean premier vision for trends and for knowledge of fabric and design yeah. is the as far as i know it is still the best trade fair okay there's Fantastic. lots of that's them great. now but that has been around for years and it will never okay. really stop i don't think being the yeah, central it's, it's commercial but it's also high-end i mean you get everything right. there yeah and for design connections if you're looking for a studio even if you're not going to approach them there it's good to look who's yeah. there and see what their yeah. stands are like and what they're doing yeah. It's all about like yeah. knowledge and figuring out who's yeah. who and all that kind of stuff, and, and that's and like a, understanding that world and yes, know, and that is a fast track to that. I think for me, right. that would be where you go if you can get to Paris, go there because London yeah. doesn't really have that equivalent. It does have a textile show twice a year. Right. These are twice a year shows as well. Trade fairs okay. tend to be, um, but it's not on the same scale. I haven't been recently, so maybe it's got better. But okay. that's at the Business Design Centre in Islington. It used to be. Okay. But I can't remember what it's called. Um, and are they all in a like, things like that. Are they all in like a specific season? You know, like you've got yeah. fashion weeks and things like that. They're all in a certain sort of time frame. So they shows. are. They are normally January, February time or okay. um, probably about now. So it's every six days. Yeah, so it's probably about July, August. Okay. I can't remember when. I can look it up and tell you when Premier Vision was. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, they're all about then because okay. you're buying for the season ahead. So, so when you're in right. the, I see. the winter, you're selling summer, and when you're in the summer, you're selling winter, and you're doing it for the year. Yeah, so most designs, I've just done spring summer twenty five. Okay, that's weird, isn't it, to go that far ahead? Yeah. Although again, <laughs> that is a bit weird because I'm doing that in the summer, but that's because my yeah. company that I'm working for at the moment is ahead. So yeah. normally I'd be doing. And you've got to. Yeah. Autumn winter twenty four, I think, is the right time for me to be working on now. I lose yeah. track a bit because everyone works differently now. But um, yeah, because there is a more of a. Sorry, I'm going into the thing of fact, but fashion has also That's become fun. more trans seasonal. So trend wise, although there are still the catwalk, because the catwalks lead it all, so there's still the yeah. seasonal like catwalks coming up now. I think Paris Fashion Week's on now. It's, but yeah there's i don't I, that is all seasonal but things. there's still a lot more no it's hard to that again <laughs> that's part of why i went into kids wear because i couldn't keep up with it anymore yeah um, there's lots going on yeah but it is but kids wear still has seasonal stuff as well yeah and it it is yeah keeping on top of those things is more easy now because of the internet you can still get that information so much easier and even just going to the websites of premier vision or um there's some really good there's Filati in in Florence that's a really good trade fair for woven fabrics and fantastic um, there's loads of things out there that if you want to find companies to approach or want to know more about the industry they're the places to look really maybe I could get um, you to write a bit of a list could I, I and then you yes, can and then fine. I can give a few just grab, grab that off you and give it in, yeah yeah have it have it some yeah. somewhere downloadable I'll, I'll put it in so that people can can That'd go to these places that'd be really cool if that's okay yeah so after yeah. this so did you stay in italy after this company or did you go i stayed there until 1998 when i felt my time 
there had come I was missing designing again I was I was still yeah. designing for myself but I was really missing yeah. actually designing and okay. I came back to Brighton because I was also okay. not in the best place I could have been for myself and yeah. I just learned to drive there because they needed me to drive to the print department so they got my license through um, okay <laughs> slightly cheeky way <laughs> um, and I could drive, but I couldn't drive as well as if I passed my test here. I probably wouldn't yeah. have passed my test here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I came home and I just thought, yeah, I'm going to work out what I'm going to do and just sort of have a little breather because I felt I'd yeah. been on a bit of a... I'd had, I mean, it was four years in Italy and I'd had four years in my degree. And I yeah. felt like, yeah, I needed a bit of being at home, a bit of sorting myself out a little bit. Yeah. And I sort of did. Again, I went for um, I went for what I felt I needed at the time. I didn't want to be ambitious at that point. I got a job, part-time job in Kukai in Brighton. And I got a place at my friend's flat. In what, flat. sorry? Kukai, the fashion. It's not there anymore. It's, it's a, oh. a French brand, like clothing. Oh, okay. It's a bit like okay. um, it's a bit like Ted Baker, but a bit cheaper. Okay. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, okay. And I worked there part time, and yeah. I had I found an agent, so I started freelancing. Right. So I wanted to ask you about agents. So how? Yes. So is it is it important in your industry to kind of have an agent? Do you think? I do think so. I think. Yeah. Well, it depends on where you are in your career. I think when you're yeah. starting, if you come out of uni or college or wherever you find your education, if you're beginning, having an agent. Yeah that is on your side and that you can communicate well with is really good because it will okay. push you. They will push you. They will feed you information. And mm -hmm. through that, hopefully you sell and yeah. you make money. You might not yeah. always. That's the drawback is that you don't okay. always get, you're obviously working sometimes for nothing. But um, if okay. you find the right When are you one, working for nothing? When you... What, then you're not the you make there? so you're you're normally asked to make a minimum you know they give you their minimums it all varies of what they want a month in terms of designs that you send to them but then they take okay. them around the studio around the factories and the brands okay. and sell Got them yeah. but if you don't sell them you don't make any commission the other drawback is they're taking like 40 percent. if they're taking more than yeah. that that's not very good go um, away yeah go <laughs> yeah. away the lower the percentage <laughs> um Obviously, but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's i think for young designers it can be such a good thing to do it definitely and has what been something that's helped me i don't have one now okay and what would be your advice to kind of try and find one what would what would they have what would people do would they send in examples or do you think it's worth so, do you think it's worth sending proper things through the post or or trying to arrange meetings with these people what what would yeah. you think would be the best um, way i think i mean looking online is good for when there's openings in studios because they often advertise so they advertise on linkedin if you can get a thing set up for emails whether you'll get notifications of okay. opportunities then you might see something there um, find studios because they're usually studios so it's the same people that go to okay. Premier Vision um, okay, so if you find yeah. studios either through the internet or by going places or through people you know or your university as well should give you some 
help with that. Some help, sometimes yeah. They don't, they don't always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have a list of people that you'd like to work for, whether it is a studio or whether you want to work in-house for a brand, which I've also done, um, I think the thing is to either email them and send a PDF with ideas of your work or, like you say, sending things in the post is often a winner. I mean, yeah, I think nowadays I do think... even more so absolutely because people yeah. don't bother do they and it's no. just everyone who kind of you know working in a in an office and they're kind of mm. doing through emails and then you get this cool thing yeah, in the post lovely. and you're looking yeah. through like some, yeah, yeah. I know it's probably a bit less environmentally friendly with with printing and things yeah. like that but but you know if you're not sending out thousands and thousands it's, it's yeah. just a few to your favorite ones I think yeah I think, I think that's good. kind of a bit bit worth that extra extra push to kind of do that and then you can call up and be like hi just checking you received it yes and that's the thing is following up from it is really good and selecting so making sure if you're approaching a studio or a brand or a factory like i worked in whatever it whatever it is or a publisher Mm. if that's the way you're going with illustration um yeah look at their output and ensure that you really feel that you can work, You're they can work with you. With, not, yeah. yeah, it's the being aligned. You don't have to be the same, obviously. They don't, no. no one's going to look for someone doing exactly what they've already got. But you need to have some feeling that you're going to gel with them yeah. on, a, on a level or not. Um, not kind of completely different, completely out yeah. there on a, yeah, it's got to yeah. have some sort of, yeah similarities yeah. in a in a in a in a subtle yeah. way a kind of fe- a feeling i suppose a feeling again, an affinity yeah. that you've got a design aesthetic yeah. that's somewhere meeting yeah. um i mean there are some studios that only have hand painted for, for textiles they only have hand painters again it's different now because it's not just textiles so all studios seem to some do just do tech but it's all surface design which is not what it was when i was doing everything that i've just told you about um yeah we were textile i was a textile designer um but now because digital printing exists it can go across anything so yeah it's literally anything yeah 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 but again some studios specialize in hand painters and hand artists who will still use digital things to create patterns but it all comes from a watercolor or a painting whereas other studios are more digital and more illustrator and you know their their aesthetic is more of a flat graphic look or a um, yeah you know and again it's the same with brands and what you're going for if you find a brand you really love um yeah. tailor your approach to that brand just yeah um as a as a random random tangent question just mm. with because we were just talking about styles there mm. if yeah would you suggest if someone had someone like to work maybe in two or three different styles that they have completely yeah. separate websites for those separate styles no. or separate identities or you would say put them all together i i have been struggling with this myself for quite a while um <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's always I, a struggle <laughs> it is really a struggle um because you have... don't want to confuse people. I think that's the thing. I think people yeah. are quite... These people who you're sending stuff to are quite busy, aren't they? And they're yes. kind of... They just want to see things quickly. Oh, Simple. yes, you do yeah. this. You yeah. do this. You do... You... Oh, this person does this. This person does this. And they, yeah. they want to pigeonhole you, even though, you know, as an art, as artists, we, we're we often... Uh, we, we work in lots of different styles. We can do lots yeah. of different things. And it's sort of... 
it's a bit that thing, um, you know, in marketing, I think, where if a confused customer will never buy. Mm. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes, no, it's but true. But I feel like yeah. I feel a bit like a confused, you know, mm. uh, creative director or whoever. Yeah. Um, will not go for you yes if you're not does do you think that's do you think that's i think that is true and i think you do use clarity in some way i think there is what there's so for me yes i think you do need to have clarity when you're approaching for a job you do need to send something that clearly says this is what i'm doing Mm. i think that there are ways that you can do that where you're maximum having separate websites is something I'm considering, but again, it's not something mm. I think is necessarily. I don't know. I'm basically in two minds myself. <laughs> That's the problem. I, I, uh, I think I had, thing, I had a it? mentoring session with a studio not a few years ago, um, yeah. when I was just beginning to do art, which is what I'm moving into now, yeah. and I asked her what she thought because in my head, I wanted to keep everything separate at that point. But she mm-hmm. was saying, that's not, I don't think you're giving people the benefit of seeing what else you can provide by doing that and having yeah. one. And she was, she's quite a major studio. Um, right, okay. Or at the same age as me, giving giving me advice. And I sort of thought, well, no, you're right in some ways, because you're then sort of yeah. shutting shutting down what someone might see somewhere in something else that you that you can do it's very true yeah and it's tricky isn't it it is tricky tricky question and i've got to work off the back of things that aren't things that i thought were meant for so again interesting yeah but being editorial is important yeah i think not yes absolutely one thing i see because i mentor people as well now and again for free for free just to oh great um, help people out one of the yeah one of the biggest things i see is that people throw everything i mean even when you haven't got a lot of work don't put everything out there even if you've only got 10 pieces be selective don't throw it all and it's something i forget as well we all do we all think oh i'm gonna put it all in but you can't sometimes it just doesn't help you to put the things in that aren't as good as the other things make sure and i think make make more of things as well you can make up a project yeah. can't you you can you can yeah. you can be like oh look I'm be-. and there's so many uh, i think with you know you were saying about surface design you can even mock mm. up stuff in photoshop yes. can't you and that's be on key. different yeah different surfaces different things yeah. and you know there's there's so much it's a lot easier now to mm. do that than it mm. you know used to be you can kind oh, of show, gosh, yeah. show people things i think if you don't do context. that it really stands out as well now yeah. as a surface designer i think if you yeah don't if you just had the page, print and you didn't yeah, have the mock-ups it looks like then, well, yeah. what if you yeah um, how can i see what this looks like in different yeah. things you know yeah and going absolutely. back to what you were saying before i mean you said oh creative director sometimes it's not creative directors sometimes it is a manager who isn't a, necessarily a designer so you're right. also showing things to people who aren't necessarily design trained, although they will have mm. an idea. But you do need to be. That's where the clarification comes in. I think if you're making it easy for people, so make sure it's yeah. accessible. That's the main thing with the website or mm. PDF. I mean, that's where I was saying about PDFs. If you're sending something as a cold email to someone you've never met before, it's great to have a website portfolio, but it's also really good to tailor a PDF that yeah. you send to that person so that 
they know yeah. that you've thought about their brand and it's got right. things especially for them on that um, yeah with yeah. copyright protection I don't know I don't put my name on anything anymore but people do that I, <laughs> I can't what put, you mean like <laughs> put a watermark some people do watermarks I've never done that but I've always I I've used never to done it either copyright Michelle on somewhere yeah um, you can put it on on the bottom yeah of the page do you not do just little... yeah I don't put copyright on anything. Uh, no. I don't. I suppose. I tend not uh, to worry about it. It depends on the context, much. really. It depends on the context. Yes. Yeah, I don't tend yeah. to worry about it. Like if someone's gonna, um, if someone's gonna nick it, then mm. you probably you can you can usually find them. I've got yeah. I've got a friend who who has her. She's got a specific print that she's had taken by lots and lots of different people, oh, and right. she kind of often has to sort of send them. Cease and desist. Cease and desist yeah. They've used they've used it on all sorts of things, yeah, yeah. and it's been really popular. Mm. So yeah, it's tricky to do that, but you can't just put history. You can't. I people think can't it see it properly if you put no. something on. It's very distracting, isn't it? It's too much. It doesn't look very nice. No, um, it but again, nice. if you're sending it to the right email, you're not really sending it. You know, you're hopefully out into the everywhere. Into yeah. yeah, and if they use it, then you know where they've got it from because you send them the exactly. <laughs> kind of obvious that they've ripped you off so yeah um i think that's a good way to approach people if you can't meet them in person at a trade fair or yeah wherever you can yeah i mean don't yeah. cost but it's probably street. better it's not good. you would, would you, yeah <laughs> but do you think you it's probably better to see people in person i think i feel like that I kind of gives so. you that that kind of connection that you can't get yeah. over email and sort of that that you know we were talking about making friends making connections mm. and you can't there's something a bit lacking in that yeah people it's very easy for, to be dismissed over email whereas mm. if you go and go to these shows and stuff you can i think it's a much a easier way to do it if you can meeting yeah. people is okay. a really good way um again it can backfire because if you're like me and you get nervous sometimes you're not mm. at your best but I yeah. think most of the time, you ju I mean, you've just got to put that down to experience and move on. But I think most of the time it's beneficial to do that. Or to know, yeah. the other thing that I say a lot to people is that, again, which is what I said at the beginning, don't forget to ask your friends if you're looking for yeah. work. Because when I've been so recent, more recently, when Mark lost his job and I was on maternity leave with James, I... Um, I had to get work really fast because it was very yeah. quick um, yeah. and we needed to get some money coming in. And I put on Facebook, which is mostly my friends, but also people that I've worked with. And, That's you it, know, yeah. I said, I'm freelance again. Can anyone find me any work? Yeah. <laughs> like, Give me some money. I'm having a bit of a panic. Um, I'll do anything. And it works. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And it works. And it does, Fantastic. you know. And I, I, yeah. could, I, I also reached out to the studio that I work for, but I didn't really want to go back to working for an agency or a studio. And I mm. occasionally think about doing it now, and then I don't really want to do that because I, well, I'm trying to move into art more anyway, but it's that thing of yeah. agencies. I, I definitely think if you find a really good one, you're going to get a lot out of that. And I do like working for them, but I think for me now, most of my work comes from brands that come back to me repeatedly okay. anyway so because you've yeah so they're going to you directly but would you have found them yeah. through agencies to no. start off with no, so the agency okay. is very much a middleman agency is selling your designs or getting you commissions like i do do where 
people commission you to do things you do get that through studios now but you will never work directly with them you'll never get given their emails because they are the they're owned they want as to keep it were you away. by the stu- they want to keep you away from that because that's when you start yeah. going in they're the middleman they don't want you yeah they're, they're protecting the their interests yes exactly for <laughs> yeah. making that connection and they make that con- yeah. connection because they go into those places every six months every three months mm. to show work um but again, yeah, and you couldn't do that on your own. You couldn't, you couldn't go in. You I couldn't go in and show your it. work. I've considered, You've considered it. it. I considered a few things when I worked. So when I took the job on in Shoreditch, which was my first going back after the journalism, I worked there for a few years, and I did become there. So as well as designing, I did sales for them. So I went round all the places and took uh, the work. Okay, so you that. have that experience. So I have the experience and obviously I've done trade fairs through the other companies I'd worked for in Italy because I did PV with the with the Zine, with my first company I worked for in Italy. I did Premier Vision every six months. So I did I've I've done a lot of the things that I need to have and with the journalism I've done a lot of trade fairs. I knew my way around all of that. So I knew I know all the information. But the fact is that that's not who I am. And I I really seriously looked at setting up as a studio but again I didn't feel comfortable with the 40% thing and I couldn't and the only way to get around that would be to be a co-op of designers which again I discussed with other designers but it was it seemed like such a complex thing yeah Yeah. and again I think whilst my stubborn determination is probably my biggest value I think my the worst thing about other than being self-conscious at times is also that I don't work I I do work well with people but I I struggle to be partners or in business relationship I I find that I fear it a bit too much you like that freedom you don't want to kind of uh, pin yourself to someone forever because you might want to just go it sounds a bit like in your life that you've you've made many decisions where you've gone I'm going to do this now Yes. I'm going to do this. Now. Yes, and, and you want to have that free. Yeah, you yes. want to have that freedom to to that possibility that yeah. you could go. Boop, I'm going to do yes. this. I'm going to go off and do that, and, and that's it. And I couldn't do that. Tied to a and that would pin you down to to a lot. Yeah, of, yeah a lot. And of also, I'm not a lot of very business minded, so that's also a bit of a drawback because I think it would take a business mind to. Yeah. Well, I know it does. You need to be really good at the finances to set up studios you need to apply for funding you need to have a you need to have so for me it all felt out of my both not what I wanted to put my it's also energy where do you want to put your energy that's what you that's that's what I asked myself line them line your line your ducks up for where you want to put your energy into for for whatever you're doing at that moment yeah yeah that's what you have to do I've got I've had ambition and I am I feel I'm an ambitious person in some ways but my ambition isn't really to be in charge of something of other people I like being in charge of me but my that has been my ambition is to be freelance to be free so yeah that's be free and it it, you know I've I've done it for a long time as well and it's Mm. it's great isn't it because one day you're doing this one day you're doing that it's just all over the place and And you can respond to that and you can juggle that with the the highs and the lows and all of that and I think yeah um that I realized in looking at that and a couple of times it's come up for me where I could go into partnership with someone or 
um, I had a lovely friend from the magazine that I worked with who was the fashion editor. I was the textile editor, she was the fashion editor. And we talked for a long time. I mean, we really looked into it, setting up a, a site based on vintage trends, like all about right. fashion and textiles. And because and, and if we'd done it, it would the right time because WGSN was just taking off and it would have... I mean, WGSN had been around a while, actually, but it, it would have been an alternative to that, that there wasn't at what's, the time. What's that? Sorry. That's the... Well, I think it stands for the Worth Global Style Network, and that is a big okay. trend site. Again, good to look at for trends, okay. but you pay a subscription and companies pay right, for the okay. service, okay. and they provide colour direction every season. And, and, okay. that, but, and we were going to do that in a more sustainable way and also using vintage as a... Anyway, it was That's all this concept. And again, I, yeah, it would have been really good. And <laughs> I love Mel, and there was no reason not to do it other than that I suddenly felt it wasn't what I wanted to do, this, which was a this bit intuitive sad. sense again. Maybe you felt yeah. again. That yeah, it's a of... bit of fear, I think, at that point. Again, a bit of fear sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. I, I think it's it's good to sort of start to notice the differences between intuition yes is it intuition or is it fear yeah is it is like it, what I, the, yeah. start kind of noticing yourself and be like what, which one is it really kind of questioning those things yeah. i think is is an important thing yes and it might not have been the right decision maybe i should have done that but again who knows i didn't who know you're never gonna know and yeah it's, yeah we need to yeah. let that stuff go <laughs> yes let it, let it go so, but yeah. So um, I just want to ask some last bit, which is just about. Yes. Sorry, it's tough on. being yeah. an artist. It's really hard, it is isn't it? Hard. So yes. Um. So I've got you know just a few questions. So what kind of things do you sort of tell yourself to kind of keep you going when it's when it's hard? Um, I think I try to remind myself of. I mean, talking like this helps. To be honest, it does remind me of what I've done and and All the amazing things you've done. Yeah, and it does. I mean, it's it's not really reminding me of my design ability even because I can't remember the designs I did throughout all of this. Yeah, but it's a lot of designs, and I, you know, it's I, it's well into the hundreds, <laughs> and I've done that, and they've managed to keep yeah. me in work this far. So if I'm not and people have bought them well. and they've been successful yes. and all that kind of yeah. stuff as well. Let's try yeah. to remember, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's those. I try and give myself a little talking to and just say, you know. But I, if I get, I I don't know that I really push myself. If I'm in a, so if I'm in a rut, an artistic, creative rut, where I can't be bothered to paint or draw <laughs> outside of work, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't give myself too hard a time about that. So yeah. I think that's, that's okay. important, isn't it? I think otherwise I think it becomes less negative every day. And yeah, oh, for God's sake, no. And you it's don't want it to be negative. Thing. Your your um your experience of being creative. You don't want to be like yeah. oh, chastise yourself. Like you haven't yeah. done enough drawing today. <laughs> no, exactly. And forcing yourself. I think there is a point in having a daily practice when you are yes, in the absolutely. right mind space. I think that is true. Whatever that is, I don't, again, I'm not one for sticking to, I'm going to do this every day. I've set up a 100-day project on my Instagram and I'm 25 days in and I haven't. That was a few weeks ago, I've let it go. And I will do it at some time. But I think... 100 days you know, dotted around the place. Yeah, it's going to be 100 days dotted around because yeah. if you restrict yourself like that, I'm being creative in other areas instead. So it's like, you know, yeah. if you cut yourself off from what you're really led by... 
because you've got some dogma about what you need to actually do yeah that's been yeah. You, that you're self-imposing but you're hating it it's not going to do you any favors i don't think no. i think in terms of technique obviously all techniques need practice you have to practice yeah. and practice and practice yeah. to be any good at absolutely anything. yeah um and but again if you are really drawn to something that's not going to be a problem if you're struggling with it, then I think maybe it's not for you. That's the other thing is yeah. listening to your gut and what you feel. And I don't mean as in, oh, you know, don't be an artist or designer. There's so much scope within what we do. That's There's it. so yeah, many niches. And that's the Finding other the right one for you that fits Finding with you what's right perfectly. for you, yeah. At, at that time as well. Because that yeah. changes, doesn't it? Because you don't... I was going to say, there's also a lot... I mean, that's normally the reason I'm not creative is because there's a lot going on in my life otherwise. And I can't... Yeah feel it i don't want to make yeah. art when i'm not feeling it so i don't yeah um or design yeah or, get know, it. or do but the, the main thing i was going to say is i always doodle if i can if that's the only way i yeah. can do i get a pen out and i just doodle and i love doing that just a little yeah bits of paper yeah. here and there yeah mm. get your hand moving do yeah do kind of squiggles and whatever yeah that's yeah. kind of quite a nice way and and takes the pressure as well doesn't it exactly. takes the pressure off like you're not using Maybe not, you know, not using, using too many resources. Got all your paints yeah. out and you're, yeah, yeah you've got to... <laughs> I mean, I'm still, oh, God, it's I weird. Can't... Even now, I, I'm so lucky to have the space I've got, to have the resources I've got, but I still am really careful with what I use, which is really silly because I can, I, it's okay, but I'm, Mark's was like going to me, just use more paint. You've got to use more paint on them. I'm like, well, because I grew up without a lot of it and with, and it, yeah. you know, it was difficult. I sort of haven't got out of that in some ways. But I think yeah. you can make art even if you don't have a lot of resources. And I think you can find ways to find, again, finding your niche and finding your techniques, but not limiting yourself to the techniques. So if you do do yeah. everything digitally, maybe every now and again you do go off and draw something yeah. or go. I mean, I haven't been drawing for so, ages. That's the thing I'm, I'm really not doing and I should yeah. do. Like go, I used to love going to museums and just drawing. It used to be my favourite thing. Yeah. Maybe you should um, do that. Maybe that yeah. should be a thing that yeah. you do next week. Yeah. No, seriously, I think it is. Because I don't do it enough. And I've got yeah. that, that habit. And that's not great. But um, I, I saw I think, this woman yeah. the other day and she was just, it was so sunny and it was in Stanmore Park and she was just sat there with all her drawing stuff around Excellent. her under a tree. And I was like, oh, oh I want bliss. to be there. I yeah. Go, and I should just go and do that. Just go. You know? Yeah. Just, I know. <laughs> Again, though, that Spend takes... the day. That takes self-conscious, you know, if you're a self-conscious person, like, I... Yeah, people are going to look at you, That can take and, yeah. a lot out of you. I used to do that. Again, when I was younger, I used to handle that situation much better. And I'd always draw, I'd always draw on trains. I was always drawing people on trains. Mm. Um, I used you to get people kind of looking yeah, at your drawing, but I, don't you? At that time, I didn't care. I think yeah. part of my whole grunge, look, maybe stop them getting... <laughs> <laughs> um, which now get away from me yeah, i'm into punk and yeah grand I'm and it. <laughs> gotta make it get... yeah no, but, um, yeah i think you got it's such a joyful thing to do but actually if you can it get is. over if i can get over that that's the thing we all need to sometimes just think oh it don't matter what people think yeah we just need to stop yeah stop being so yeah mm. re remember that people don't care really care they're no. not 
they can be a bit curious but they don't really care they're just yeah yeah, they're just curious for a second and then they're off you know they've got they've got other things on their mind they might just be like oh what are you doing and then they'll you know that'll be it they're not Mm. they're not going to criticize you they're not going to say anything unless they're a bit strange people on the train sometimes you get (laughs) in general you know they might have a little look drawing people on the train is slightly more invasive maybe that is a bit of a tricky one now that's it yeah it could be yeah it's just it's just do whatever you feel i think be i do believe in being led by what you're drawn to what attracts you what Mm, what you feel is the right thing to do for you at the time um and learning so nowadays learning what i do there's so many courses out there i don't even know if you have to do a degree anymore to do it but yeah i think there's i've seen a few um online ones that you can just pay and they go and they go through all of this basically that we we've spoken about and all the kind of steps and everything of to yeah. kind of I, I'm guessing getting an agent and all that kind of stuff yeah. as well and and um so you can just kind of go straight into that path which is great yeah. um for people and but you know doesn't leave like you've got to really know exactly that this is what you want to do though I suppose yes that I think that's specific, the thing the specific it's, it's thing. Not you're not getting that broadness that you mm. that breadth that you do on a degree no that you that no. can sometimes be useful if you need to chop and change and because you that might kind find that you want to specialize in something or you might find that it's not for you yeah. i think the other thing about what i do as well is that i think sometimes the younger designers that i've met with who want to become this this to be their job forget mm. that there's actually a process to the the making of things that it's not just about the design and i think that's really key to understanding whatever you go into is that the the factory process although it seems a bit boring is actually also mm. part of it and knowing how your designs translate onto different surfaces is a yeah. big part of what i do it's a big part of understanding how designs look on fabric but then also yeah is it going to work on a wallpaper is it going to work on a rug you know they're all going to translate differently and i think they're things that does that come through experience forgotten. yeah i think Sorry. again it's experience but again it's something you learn both well in uni i suppose i learned a lot about textiles and that side of things because that's what we focused on but coming out of there and working in companies you learn that from looking at other products and going you know and understanding how it's printed but it's important to understand that that process and the different processes available so that you can bring your designs to life as best as possible the best, um, yeah the yeah. best way yeah because you can do the most amazing drawing and then print it on um say you printed it on a, a really slubby thick linen if you've got incredible detail on there and it's and it's for a baby and it's tiny you're going to lose everything you need to you need yeah. to understand where things it's different to got, illustration yeah. Because yeah. the illustration is either, well, again, illustration gets used on surfaces too, but it's mm. it's more often paper in form yeah. or in digital form, and it's a more of a yeah. flat thing. Whereas when you're looking at a design that's going to spread across a whole range of products, you need to sort of have some understanding of the differences in in what those are and the process, because I think it's important. And again, yeah, how you learn that is through i don't know really how i've learned i suppose you just do you just pick it it's up experience you isn't it i think it must yeah. be yeah and you keep learning it because again it's changed since there's I, new things yeah yeah 
The processes are <laughs> probably different different now to what I think they are, in fact, because I haven't updated my information. So, you know, I need to keep doing that like everyone does, because the technology... I mean, AI, I don't know about AI. So that's another form yeah, of design Yeah, you mentioned technology. about AI before. So that's mm. kind of something that I guess people are using that to make designs or, or yes. in, in your sector. Is that what's It's being talked that? about a lot on the forums I okay. follow. There's that's a lot of artists, especially, weirdly, especially new ones saying, oh, I've just ha- got a qualification in this and now I'm going to give up because this is happening and... And it's like, well, I'm not sure that's the case, to be honest. Um, no, I don't think it is. I, I think, think it's, it's good. I mean, scary. I don't think it's it. It's <laughs> it can be scary, but I think mm. uh, the the way that I use it is to kind of get rid of all the cliche stuff because it can only build yeah. on what's happened before. It can yeah. only figure out stuff. It can make new stuff, obviously, but um, but I think I think there's still room for for creativity to be pushed higher from it because yes. it's kind of it's pushing up and then we have to go right okay and do you know what I mean it's a tool it's another tool it's a tool you can use yeah Yeah, absolutely and And some people will use it so some brands will go to it and say can I have a duck in repeat on a blue background someone's going to do that but then absolutely there will be a better design of that out there that you know that they haven't looked for that someone else could provide and I did see a wonderful meme that was all about you know your client's barely know what they want normally when they come yes, to you. Yes, this is it. Which I saw that one too. the case for me. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it's not always... A, I've got to be honest, a lot of my clients know exactly what they want. They come to me yeah. and they say, right, I want this, this and this. And they do know. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do want yeah. you to feed them. And, and the discussion that you have actually feeds, yeah. you know, when you're talking about a collection or a new piece that you're making. So it's not that... AI can replicate that. But again, that's what I'm saying in terms of my experience. My exp- I, I learned to design with Illustrator when I went back to designing after journalism. Before that, everything had been hand-painted. I've gradually yeah. learned new things as I've gone along. I haven't learned Procreate yet, but maybe I will. I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's all adjustment and keep knowing the back, the technical aspects of what we do. You do have to keep updating keep on top yeah Yeah. a little bit but i i think that's just life isn't it you have to keep learning be open to stuff yeah be open to to you're never gonna i think it's if with anything with relationships with Mm. work with anything if you feel like okay this is it now i'm set now this is all i have to do it's not it's not it's not ever like that is it it can't be like that it would be boring it doesn't work yeah it would life would be boring but yeah Yeah, you've got to kind of keep pushing yourself you do um, and I think whether that's pushing yourself to try new things or pushing yourself just in the thing that you're doing just keep doing it better Mm. and better which is I mean that's what I've been doing for 25 years keep trying to do it yeah Uh, you've um, been blagging it you've been going all over the place (laughs) in places where I wasn't supposed to yeah no just got to keep keep doing it Lucy Oh, well, on oh, that note, thank yeah. you so much, Michelle. You've That's been all right. bloody I hope wonderful. I haven't it's so too much. Sorry. No, you've been, you've been <laughs> fantastic. It's been great to hear all about your adventures and misadventures. Mm. And yes. Where can people see your work? Can you um, can you point them towards your website? Yes, it's Michelle Payne. So it's M I C H E L E because I only have the one L in my name. 
paint yeah one l yeah and you're doing all this new your um abstract painting as well i'm abstract um, painting and um people can see on there yes well again this is where i have the dichotomy of i think for what i do having it on my website is fine but to become an artist that's taken seriously by a gallery i probably shouldn't have my kids stuff so I would ab- yes. I would absolutely agree with that yeah mm. and you know what in this series I'm actually speaking to some people who who work with galleries who oh, are artists who work with galleries so you can listen to yes, the, please. listen to that Thank one yeah, but again I'm going to be unpicking what yeah, they will be, I will be taking notes no definitely because I think again it's another world and I don't know it and I'm not trained yeah. in it and I don't know what I'm doing but I'm also going to keep trying so yeah, it's worth a try. Give it, do it. That's yeah. this is what we do. We keep pushing. We keep doing yeah. stuff. And I, yeah, I wish we wish you all the best with it. And I think you can, you. you can really make that work. And they're fantastic paintings. I, I love seeing oh, them at the open much. house. Yeah, so, yeah keep going, you. keep doing it. Thank you. Yeah, John. it was great to see you. Thank you. All Aww. right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, Lucy. Take see care. Thank bye I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Becoming an Artist. Hope you enjoyed our chat as much as I did. And don't forget to head to becominganartist.co.uk to see all of the resources and download everything. And also to see our faces if you uh, are listening on the podcast and not watching. So we've got all the videos on there and lots of lots of goodies for you. So visit yeah, becominganartist.co.uk. Thanks for listening and watching and I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>